RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Friday, June 21st, 2019. On today's show, George Takei says America is running concentration camps. The TCA Awards nominees are announced, but Discovery gets passed over, and CBS performs strongly in their upfront ad sales. All this, plus the answer to Tuesday's trivia question and your weekend staying in playlist. Coming up next. Veteran Star Trek actor George Takei is well known for being outspoken about political topics, and he recently weighed in on one of the most hot-button issues in recent weeks. A story from CBS News explains that Takei tweeted his support for U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who herself courted controversy by saying on Instagram, The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that is exactly what they are. The controversy over American concentration camps arose last week from an announcement by the Office of Refugee Resettlement, part of the Department of Health and Human Services. In the announcement, the ORR said that it plans to detain as many as 1,400 unaccompanied migrant children in makeshift housing on the Fort Sill Army installation in Oklahoma. Media outlets earlier this week wrestled with whether it was correct to call these facilities concentration camps. Shortly after Ocasio-Cortez's live video on June 18th, Takei tweeted, I know what concentration camps are. I was inside two of them in America. And yes, we are operating such camps again. During World War II, Fort Sill was used as a Japanese internment camp, similar to the ones George Takei was held in as a child. Emmy nomination voting is entering its last weekend, but the nominees of the Television Critics Awards have already been announced. On Wednesday, The Hollywood Reporter brought us news of the nominees. While not as much of a household name as the Emmys, the Television Critics Awards, or TCAs, are still seen as prestigious achievements, as they reflect the preferences of more than 200 television critics and journalists across the country. Notably absent from any nominations was Star Trek Discovery, although the CBS all-access show The Good Fight did score a couple. Christine Baranski was nominated for Individual Achievement in Drama, and the production as a whole was nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Drama. However, Star Trek Discovery has been focusing its For Your Consideration events on visual effects and costuming, categories not represented in the TCAs. The top three programs by TCA nomination are FX's Pose, Netflix's Russian Doll, and Amazon's Fleabag, Winners will be announced at the 35th Annual TCA Awards in Beverly Hills on August 3rd. CBS has completed its upfront advertising sales, off of the back of a strong 2018 performance. 
A piece from Deadline.com had a person familiar with the discussions saying yesterday that they posted CPM gains of 14 to 16 percent in prime time and volume gains of 20 percent in late night. Volume gains in prime time were more like 5 to 6 percent, and digital is also tracking toward growth, including significant increases against last year, the source said. Deadline explains that the TV upfront market is a minority of overall ad spending, but symbolically significant. And while the market continues to get more complex with other consumer viewing options like streaming, Deadline seems to see CBS's performance as solid. Quoting the piece, CBS has been the total viewing leader for 11 seasons in a row, averaging 8.9 million for the season. Even as linear viewing continues to erode and the pay TV bundle phrase, advertisers are still showing interest in the beachfront property controlled by CBS. While sitcom juggernaut The Big Bang Theory ended its run in May, the 2019-2020 lineup appears solid. Entertainment president Kelly Call told reporters at the network's upfront press breakfast in May that the goal is to be stable but not sleepy, aggressive but not reckless. Deadline also points out that this is the first upfront season for interim CEO Joe Ianello after Les Moonves's departure last fall. While Ianello's leadership was surely not the make or break for this season's deals, it was important to demonstrate that the CBS ship is still floating high, even after Moonves's departure. Getting you set up with your weekend podcast playlist in just a moment, but first, a word from me. I mentioned it yesterday, but I wanted to make sure that you're all aware. Daily Star Trek news is taking a break for a week while I'm traveling for work. That means there are no shows all of next week, and I will be back on Monday, July 1st. However, while I'm gone, I will still have access to social media and email, and I'd love to hear from you. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News, or email me at info at dailystartreknews.com. I'm also going to assign you some homework, because I'm like that. If you haven't yet, please go into iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show and leave me a review. That helps me reach more Star Trek fans and helps grow the Daily Star Trek News family. Of course, if you'd like to make a financial contribution to the show as well, patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news is the place to go. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Right. Before we get into this weekend's podcast roundup, I want to let you know about a very special event going on live and in person next week that I accidentally left out of the show yesterday. My friends at Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, are helping out at the launch party for the latest album by Star Trek rock band, The Roddenberries. No relation. Rock out with the Roddenberries at their second album release party featuring J.G. Hertzler, Star Trek's General Martok. The event is on Thursday, June 27th at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. Priority One's Elijah will be there, so go and trek it out. Now it's time to get you set up for the weekend with the latest podcasts from across the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On the Trek Files this week... 
Before The Next Generation had premiered, the Star Trek production office was outlining the traits of TNG's chief adversary, the Ferengi. In a memo from June 1987, Dorothy Fontana outlined to Gene Roddenberry how some of these storylines might play out, and what the Ferengi hierarchy might look like. Dorothy Fontana herself joins Larry this week to discuss the memo in person. On Women at Warp, the crew discusses the history of queer coding in Hollywood and the more recent phenomenon of queer baiting. Then they examine Star Trek for signs of each. They also share the characters that they interpret as queer and what positive representation can mean for a community or individual. More mind bleepery for the crew of Deep Space Nine when Kira wakes up on Cardassia as a Cardassian. It's the Deep Space Nine episode, Second Skin, on Mission Log. And on Mission Log Live this week, John, Ken, and a few callers look at the sometimes blurry line between rumor and news, thoughts on Tarantino Trek, and directions they'd like to see Star Trek go. Finally, on Priority One, the team are catching you up on the week's biggest news stories and the latest in Star Trek gaming. Head over to podcasts.roddenberry.com for all of these shows in one convenient place. And now you've waited all this time, so what is the answer to this week's Trek trivia? On Tuesday, I asked you, the Kelvin timeline was first named in 2016 for the Star Trek Encyclopedia, but who or what was the Kelvin timeline named after? The answer... The Kelvin timeline was named after the USS Kelvin, the ship that first encountered the Romulan mining ship Narada as it came through the black hole after the destruction of Romulus. The Narada going back in time is coincident with the splitting of the Prime and Kelvin timelines. George Kirk and his pregnant wife Winona were aboard the Kelvin when it encountered the Narada. George, in command of the ship after his captain was killed, attacked the Narada as the Kelvin's crew abandoned ship to give them time to escape. George Kirk was killed in the encounter, and in the Kelvin timeline, Jim Kirk never knew his father. Now there's a bonus answer for those of you who got it. The USS Kelvin was named after Henry Kelvin, J.J. Abrams' grandfather. And in fact, the name Kelvin turns up in pretty much all of Abrams' productions. A special shout out this week goes to Benjamin Perlman on Instagram for guessing that the Kelvin timeline is thus called because in it, they no longer use Celsius or Fahrenheit. For more Trek trivia, tune in in two weeks. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at daily Star Trek or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at daily Trek news. I'm Alison Pitt. Have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful next week and live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network